What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain You're about to hear from the founder of one of the top human performance companies in the world. And as part of our partnership with them as the official supplement supplier, we're coming up with all kinds of new shit. Some of that is some of the basic staples that many athletes and most athletes should be taking, like creatine monohydrate, great for muscle performance, glutamine, which is great for gut health and recovery. And then we also came out with probably my favorite product, Mineral Electrolytes Hydration Mix. This has four different key electrolytes, but we used forms of those electrolytes that absorb faster and more readily into the body than any other forms. And also, instead of all that high fructose corn syrup that you'd get in a Gatorade with a bunch of shitty minerals and some food coloring, we found palatinose, which is a carbohydrate that's refined from beets, and just put just the right amount in there to keep you fueled during a workout and also give it a nice taste. It has this lemon-lime flavor. We actually make margaritas with it. I made margaritas with it last night. It was awesome. So I encourage you guys to check it out, even if you're not a top athlete or one of the 120 people that Exos is putting into the combine this year and all those other top performers. This is something that can help anybody, no matter where you are, especially that mineral electrolytes drink mix. Definitely encourage you guys to check that out. Head to onit.com. If it's not there right now, it will be soon. And look forward to new stuff from our partnership with Exos. It's truly rare that I meet someone in a leadership position as prestigious as Mark Verstegen and have that much admiration for the totality of him as a human being. He embodies so many of the core principles that I share and has advanced them in his own philosophy, created this amazing company, which is now our partner, Exos, and he's also the director of performance for the NFL Players Association and just a natural coach. He's the guy that you want on your side at all times, and I loved getting a chance to sit down with him, share our hearts, share our mission, and share this podcast. Mark, my man. (laughs) Or should I say Aubrey, actually? It's fitting. It's, it's fitting. Two Aubreys at one table. Two Aubreys at thing. one table. When someone when someone said that <laughs> that there was there was a there was Marcus Aubrey and Aubrey Marcus, I was like, no, nah, come on, man, you're pulling, you're pulling my leg. But here it is in the manifest. Here it is, and yeah. I'm gonna have a hard time calling you Aubrey because that's my dad's name, and I'd never look at my dad and call him Aubrey. Right. So if I look at you and call you dad, <laughs> even though you're younger and more handsome, like that's a different thing. So right. I'll work on the Aubrey. Yeah. Thing. Like I would never call my mom Kathy. No. You know, that would no. be weird. Yeah. It's mom. Exactly right. Yeah. It makes sense. But I love it though. I absolutely love it. There's a lot of goodness there. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. 
Um, there's so much we could talk about, man. Sure. But I think, you know, one thing I definitely want to get into is you now are, you know, founder and transitioned actually out of the CEO role, which Correct, yeah. you once had. Yeah. Um, now we're having is, success. <laughs> <laughs> but at a certain point, you know, this whole thing was just uh just an idea, just something sure. you felt called to do. And now Exos is this massive machine that touches millions like yeah. literally millions of lives yeah it's awesome and but that starts with just like a calling first yeah so like where did that calling start where did that yeah. impulse like where you were drawn to this where did yeah. that begin well i mean i think you know when you go way back for a really long story we have an hour right yeah. so i'm just joking <laughs> <laughs> no i think you know i think we're also uh you know as we come out we join this amazing connected world and the energies i think i've always um come out of the womb and I have fulfillment in helping others achieve their goals. And if you talk to my mom and dad, they probably said I've been like that since I was a little kid. I was always conscientious. I always wanted to help people. And I think, you know, the great part about it is when you align your, your purpose and your passion together, I think great things can happen. Uh, I believe like you, that if you share your intent, right. And that genuine intent that, you know, it's a law of attraction. And I would say that Exos exists today out of probably the singular word of responsibility. Somebody I cared about said, hey, I'll do whatever it takes ethically to achieve my goals. You just let me know what that is. Mm -hmm. And as someone, if you're gonna take that responsibility and own it to your new book, you better own it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you have to do it all, but it better mean that you take that responsibility with you and fulfill your promise. Because at the end of the day, all we're gonna have at the end of the day is our relationships with others. And I think that's really where it was all born. That was uh, shouldering that responsibility for a person who lived inside this body. And this person tended to be a professional athlete uh, at the time or not a professional athlete yet and up and coming. And I just, you know, from that point on, wanted to create the most optimal environment I could to help people achieve their goals. And Exos today at the most simple form is, you know, simply to understand and upgrade lives. Yeah. Are you talking about that person as a metaphor for all the people or was there a specific person? No, I, I'd use it as both a specific person and a metaphor, but I can't, uh, I have a few specific people, but uh -huh. that's why it grows really rapidly. And I think that's been our driving success in both attracting great teammates that I've had a great eye for talent and, you know, believe in them as professionals and as people. But what it also means to each one of our clients are to understand and then upgrade is a really critical component if we yeah, you gotta get as individuals level, absolutely you, know, you gotta like sit on the same grass that they sit at and i think that's a big issue with this whole industry that we're in is oh, it's yes. coming from top down you know it's like let me speak to you from the mountaintop it always drive me nuts my wife amy and uh, i think we mentioned last night at dinner we've been together for 28 years today's her birthday whoop whoop we sell yeah. it all yeah, month long nice. right <laughs> it's awesome and an un unbelievable high performer you know, she always looked at our field and she said, it's just ego testicle. You know, so it's just so much ego and so much right. testosterone and thing. Right. When you're there to serve others, it has nothing to do with you. It always has to do about them and that understanding. And we like to say, finding the person living inside the body and truly seeking to understand like where they're currently at, how they got here and where do they want to go? And a lot of times they don't always know. And I think the more you seek to understand and help them define where they want to go, then we have a great capability to then upgrade 
and facilitate and remove the friction from that journey or that path. And if Exos doesn't have it solely, part of our great success is we've also been very respectful, very humble to reach out to others we feel are absolutely best in class. And that's part of the reason I sit here today is we both share that same passion and we've come at it in different ways to solve the same thing. Yeah. And I need you and I need your team's expertise to help us continue to fulfill our responsibility to upgrade lives. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You said something that's really interesting and this is gonna take us on a bit of a tangent, but <clears throat> you were talking about the person inside the body. And I recently had an experience where I felt like for the first time, my soul, my, my higher self, my spiritual self, my consciousness, met my body directly mm. without the friction of my ego mm. like my ego has been the communicator that's been basically translating a lot of the times through my awareness about what i wanted to achieve and what my body was doing mm. and i kind of was able to remove that in one of my ceremonial experiences and it was really interesting having that without the judgment that comes from the yeah. self about what the body should be doing how mm -hmm. it is performing how it's not performing where it's failed you why it's why it's vulnerable why it's weak but have that direct communication and it and i started to really recalibrate a lot of things in my life like cool the mental aspect of the body like as the ego you know is a huge impediment for us really understanding what the body wants because it's always telling it's not really listening Ego testicle. Yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> the ego is ego it's telling, it's judging, it's it's always it has a really antagonistic relationship with the body. Yeah. And I think, you know, as someone who's driving these massive transformations in people, you're having to deal a lot with people's mentality surrounding Absolutely. their body. And so so have I, you know, ideas about vulnerabilities, ideas about what I wanted it to do, but not providing the right input. You know, how how have you worked with the human, you know, that's really, because yeah. the body knows what it really wants if you're able to listen, but how do you work with the human who isn't quite listening to the body? And how do you, you know, how do you use your, because you're a great coach, you know, how do you get in there as a coach and start to start to kind of pull the dials and levers and have things start to make sense? What's yeah, your strategy? You just hit it on the head. I mean, when we talk about our approach, in order to to reach performance or have sustainable high performance, you have to have the four raw ingredients that aren't individual silos, but that are the strands of your DNA. And that's mindset, nutrition, movement, and recovery. And I don't care what you're passionate about, what you're good at, raising your family, um, neurosurgeon, concert pianist, it doesn't matter. If you're gonna reach a higher level, you have to have those four raw ingredients to sustain. Mm -hmm. And to me, the number one thing, like we always start above the neck. And I think one of our great strengths has been just being very good listeners, intent listeners about what are they trying to tell us. And I think asking the right questions, which you can get into the whole neuroscience and motivational interviewing and getting to that, but getting at like, what truly is it that makes you special and that you're passionate about? And sometimes you have to unlock that for people. I think that's the biggest thing. Once we have that, everything else is linked to that, what we call their it, that mm -hmm. intrinsic motivator, but it's their it. It's when they first wake up in the morning, like this vision or this statement, like what is that thing that like why they exist on this earth? Would and you once you help, mission? That, that it, like it's, you know, prepare for it. You fuel for it. 
you move for it and you rest for it. Like it's all about that it, but people don't always know they're it. And once you start to understand the it, you can remove the frictions that you're often talking about because it now all has purpose. Yeah. And now I can sustainably think about eating well, not because I'm on a diet, not because I'm trying to lose weight for the body or for the ego or for, no, it's about all of a sudden I'm using that to fuel this vision and this it. And that intrinsic motivator is everything. And I think as an organization and as an individual, that's what I've always tried to find. Because once I have that, then it stops being about Mark being an extrinsic motivator, Exos being an extrinsic motivator. And it's tying it to like, hey, I'm listening to you. I'm hearing this from you. If that's true, everything we're going to do is going to line up around that and that horsepower that comes from getting all that clean. I mean, that's what, you know, ultimately, like we kind of understand now is this flow state. Yeah. And that ego is is much baggage and the baggage that people have to carry with them each day it's amazing that they're unbelievably strong but when they can free themselves from that baggage that emotional baggage and all these things that should have been could have been would have been you know like just if you can leave it there and focus on what we're going to do forward yeah it frees them up. It really simple you know it's that thing like what do you want to do with your life more than anything else so much so that if you didn't do it you couldn't even breathe exactly right you know like if when you really know what that thing is First of all, it helps you jettison all the other crap. Spot on. Maybe the eight-pack abs doesn't have anything to do with what you really need from life. Yeah, you need to be healthy and be able to move, but being totally shredded. And maybe that's just some ego sidetrack that you could get on or being totally swole and big and mm -hmm. super muscly. Like maybe that's an ego. Maybe you'd rather be a rock climber, really. <laughs> like if you tapped into what you really wanted to experience, you'd like rather hike and climb and do yeah. yoga and things but your ego is telling you no i gotta be a big strong man because yeah. maybe some somebody bullied you when you were younger and you're compensating for this or that but when you really like listen to that voice that whisper of like yep. hey what do you want to do man like what what is that then when you know that like you said that that it then everything can kind of line up and you'll stop doing certain things you'll start adding other yep. things and then it's just about providing the information mm -hmm. you know the information is actually the easy part yep you know, because we all actually, if we all did a fraction of what we know we should do, we'd be, we'd be <laughs> right? Simple things done savagely well. Uh, yeah. yeah, but we we end up screwing it up, right? And, and I think, yeah, I, I love that, though. That's the part that, and listen, we're going to all go through these phases. We all have in our life. Some people stick in each chapter a little bit longer than, you know, others. But the fact is, it doesn't really matter when you find kind of that purpose, that vision, but it sure makes it freeing. All of a sudden, you don't become the slave to the eight-pack abs, even though I think once you kind of find your flow and your purpose toward that, you'll probably find it's easier to get there and sustain yeah, it. It might be a side effect. Totally. <laughs> the it totally is a side effect. It might be a side effect of you, you know, pursuing your purpose. Absolutely. But when you make them the primary goal, you know, then that's when things get screwed up. Absolutely right. And, and I think that you, you stated it, you know, even last night, like to find joy, true joy, mm. and that mixed with kind of the hope that your vision or you've defined it and then it's right there and that you actually can own the day or as we like to say, every day is game day, right? Like you own and you can win the process every day to take incremental steps toward those goals. And that is so fulfilling that it truly, right? That starts to really make you happy. Yeah. And now we're starting to talk about a really aligned life. And, you know, one thing that we do find, and we take care of, you know, across our global leadership position in sport, uh, tactical and first responders to, you know, we take care of more population health. Uh, employee populations across some of the greatest companies globally, 180 or 200 clients that we have, and community centers. 
right? And I think when you start to look at the population health in each one of these individuals, like it's really tough because we say we often, we care for the caregiver. And that's always been a big thing for us. In sport, listen, there's seven to 15 support staff for each elite athlete. You go into military, in the elite military, you'll find very similar enablers in that ratio. Now you flip over here to like all the rest of us outside of Aubrey Marcus, but all the (laughs) (laughs) because you have such an awesome team here. Uh But you start to look at all the rest of us and we're probably caring for seven to 15 people in our lives, right? And if you think about your significant other, might be your, you know, kids or the rest, or you're caring up, right, to your aging parents. And if not, then you have your friend network. And there's seven to 15 people there that you're investing in caring for. And I haven't even talked about your professional life yet, right? Yeah. So when you start talking about that, we're talking about people. And if they're truly caregivers, caregivers, what we found are often in the worst bit of health because they don't put themselves first. They put all these other elements, these other people first, because that's their duty and that is their purpose. And that is why they get up every day and why they do a world-class job. But we need to get them to understand that I need you to take care of you. So that you can continue to help yeah. these people the only, counting. Only a full But they cup don't have a support water. staff of seventeen to seven to fifteen people. And I think that's why Exos exists, mm-hmm. to help create those individualized game plan, to seek to understand them, to to create an individualized game plan that meets them where they're at and where they want to go. And I know that's exactly where you feel that you've created solutions for people that are sustainable in their life that allow them to continue to do that. Yep. And then and and a just a process, you know, I think process. that's the, I think we should talk about that a little bit Love it. because I think people, it's daunting. Like, let's say you're 50 pounds overweight, mm. you know, and all you're focusing on, you're 225, you want to be 170 and all you're focusing on is 170. Then it's like, damn, you're losing a quarter of your body weight. The steps that you have to take to get there. I mean, if you just focus on the end point, it's like impossible. Or if you're trying to learn a language and all you're focusing on is, you know, flying to Paris and speaking fluently with the you know, director of the art gallery you yeah. want to visit. Like that's daunting. But what's not daunting is popping in that Rosetta Stone first CD there you go. and just practicing a few words. What's not daunting is, all right, maybe you haven't worked out in three months. All right, well, let's go for a walk. Let's move around. Let's throw the Frisbee with our dog. Let's, you know, drop into a beginner's yoga class. Let's start the movement process. Yeah. Let's start making a few better choices with our diet, you know, substituting fats for sugar and some of the earlier meals of the day and and then it starts to be reasonable you know and and i think that's what i'm trying to do with the book and that's what you guys are always trying to do too like a game plan that's focused on what's the next best step rather than oh i gotta be this i gotta be that this is the this is the end goal and then getting frustrated because that doesn't happen immediately yeah you know and i think there used to be a quote that you know impossible is nothing you know that analogy to lose that amount of weight or to speak fluent at the art gallery Listen, it's great to start with the end in mind, but what we really focus on and much like, you know, your new book and our approach is like, listen, if I believe that someone's heard me, how I got here and where I want to go, and I know that they are a responsible, trusted source that have my best interest in mind and have the resources available, and they've customized a game plan it might be the most simple thing. It might be one or two things a day that I'm just going to start to do to your point. Man, if I know what that and I have confidence in that game plan, the great thing I love about that is now all of a sudden there is a process and just achieving one or two steps in that process every day. And it's not a scale. 
it's the process. Like, okay, I woke up and I drank six ounces of water mm -hmm. and I rolled my foot on the tennis ball while I brushed my teeth. Yeah. Um, that's unbelievable. But they start to own that process. Confidence, you know, ultimately turns that achievement, turns to confidence, which turns to courage, which unlocks their world. Mm -hmm. And I think the weight loss will be a byproduct. Unfortunately, this egotistical marketing driven <laughs> fad 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 yeah weight 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 on the scale those are the only metrics and the only thing that really encourages me today about some of where technology is permeating our lives is it allows us to get more process related metrics that i can start to focus on the quality of my sleep and i can start to focus on kind of getting some feedback to build these new habits and behaviors 90 percent of which are going to run on my non-conscious so i'm all about upgrading the software Mm -hmm. And some of these things will help motivate me long enough to build enough competence to confidence to courage. Yeah, that makes sense. And and as you said, you know, I think one of the speaking about sleep, sleep is one of those mm. things that's incredibly crucial. But I think the actual gamification of that through I use a, a tracker called the Aura Ring. Love it. Yep. Yeah. And it's really highly accurate. It shows deep sleep, shows REM sleep, shows light sleep, shows the time that you're awake. It's not like one of those movement trackers. With a great like user experience, right? With it's a really good, like yeah. You just put the ring on, it's connected automatically, great app on your phone. Um, that's been really cool because then I it gives you like a number. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I, I get mad at the number because sure. like, you know, it'll penalize you for sleep timing and it won't know that. I've had some travel or something yeah. else like that. You have but, to but for the, the most, context. Yeah, you have to put the context to it. But for the most part, like I know if I'm scoring in the 80s, you know, then I'm good that day. Exactly right. Like I'm really good that yep. day. And if I'm scoring in the, you know, 70s or low 60s, all right, I got to take a nap that day. Sure. And it's just just a little bit of information and data when I'm actually the least conscious possible when I'm sleeping has helped me prioritize that goal. Love it. You know, so I know that, man, like I've actually been on a roll lately. I've got 87, 87, 85, and I feel like a champion. Right, like that's <laughs> like thing, a though. damn champion. And now right you know now. why though, it wasn't, you know, right. this other thing, it's like, hey, listen, there's a correlation to that. And mm -hmm. that's why, like I said, that's a perfect example of this gamification, getting some of the metrics. And it might only last four to six weeks because, you know, for most people learning that skill set, they're like, you're gonna start to know whether you had some 80s or some 70s or 60s. Sure. And then I think the greatest part is it, um, and Craig Friedman leads our performance innovation team at Exos, we, what we're set up to do, like our long-term vision, the big kind of long-term one is we want to understand and upgrade lives. And we also believe that the future, that technology would ultimately permeate our lives from the sheets that we sleep on to the clothes or patches that we wear give us information. And that's been happening mm -hmm. over, and this is probably the you know early to mid nineties, but the goal was, so what? now what and what i love you know you track uh sleep monitoring and all of a sudden you throw that in or you talk about movement quality and i throw that into the vernacular of an elite athlete the next day they're walking they're like aubrey what was just going on sleep last yeah, night yeah, like, yeah. Oh, i was 87 like damn it and the first yeah. thing that guy's running over to me is like <laughs> hey mark how do i get my sleep better and it's like <laughs> we're starting the conversation like yeah. sleep's unbelievably important exactly and sometimes those like a physical thing like a reminder of a rubber band around your wrist or some something that you're taking this new habit or ritual and you're tying it to an existing right habit or ritual allows you to adopt these behavioral upgrades not change but behavioral upgrades uh more rapidly and mm. sometimes like an aura ring says hey this is a game on that but if i had the conversation with you about the importance of sleep i don't physically anchor it to anything or an existing habit then 
trust me, by the end of the day, you're not going to remember what we talked about. Sure. So that's why I really, I love those types of things of what's coming for people. Yeah, I think so. That's one really valuable thing. And then another thing is really just understanding how universal some of these things are applied. Like the human system. The hum, how, how the human system is. You know, I was listening to, uh, I actually was just listening to a podcast um, between Aaron Alexander and Connor Moore on this podcast called The Pleasure Monkey Podcast. And Aaron Alexander's, his platform is really about uh, movement quality and like body integrity and you know i don't have the best posture normally and i'm not even doing it right now but no that's but, better but, yeah <laughs> you got but, it now. but you know listening to him talk about how when the body is bound and constricted in certain ways like the emotional body is bound and constricted Absolutely. in certain ways and we talked about power poses this morning there's done psychological studies on how confidence and testosterone will improve just by putting your shoulders back and doing like a superhero stance yes like physiologically hormonally emotionally your body changes depending on the expression of your body like if you get botox in your face and you yep. can't smile guess what you're less happy but you might also be less sad because you can't frown you know <laughs> and there's these studies yeah. that are like incredible about how and i was thinking about that and so he's talking about how all these bodies that get just kind of hunched over in this defensive kind of almost crippled wounded posture as their default shoulders yeah. rolled forward neck rolled forward yeah. you know back tight and all of this and that's not just affecting the body oh no this isn't just about running and climbing a fence and doing all the you know doing sports this is about how you express yourself every single second of the day absolutely and when when i was really thinking about that you know about my own posture my own how my own neck tilts forward and i was like oh if i want to be my best emotional self spiritual self let alone my physical performance, which I'm actually pretty happy with. At sure. 37, I don't have a lot of big physical goals that I can't do. I can still play volleyball and play around, but it's like, if I want to express myself to the best of my ability in totality, I got to correct these things. Yep. And that was like a that was like an eye-opener for me as well, that it isn't just, you know, it's not just losing the weight because you'll look good. Like, what are the other effects of that? What's the effect on energy that you're going to have? What's the effect yep. on movement you're going to have? What's the effect on your emotional body? What's the effect on your spiritual body yep. altering that composition I love it and I, I mean i think that's the richest conversation right there and um i could probably share like a 550 page white paper at exos <laughs> that we call the performance code and it's uh -huh. really about the mindset nutrition movement recovery and not like just a whole bunch of white papers around how you know your behavioral approach and think like it's not it's about that interrelationship and it's really this matrix that is kind of the foundation of our methodology. And people wonder how we've been successful in sport or in tactical or in population health. And it really goes back to make sure we understand and then we upgrade. But we do that with this holistic approach to give you to decrease pain, prevent pain, to help you perform, to make sure you're fueling in those ways above the neck and below the neck. You know, now gut health is, and I know you have some of the greatest products and I enjoy taking them and I notice the difference. But, you know, gut, we've always known, we always thought that it was brain mm. driving gut, but it's gut driving brain. And yes and yes, in mm -hmm. our posture, it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. Now, it may take me, to your earlier example, a long time to lose the 50 pounds, but we can change posture in a matter of seconds right. to minutes. Right. We can release someone's hamstring like that. And that's usually where you start to create this confidence or this trust. It's like, oh, I've always had tight hamstrings. Oh, really? That's not a bad thing. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people, I'd rather have them have tighter hamstrings. But to show that, oh, if you want to change that, we can change that. Like do this, do this, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, dink, dink. 
and now they can touch their toes. Whoa. You know, like, it's <laughs> right. just touching your toes. And but then all those self-limiting beliefs, bam. you know, just showing it to them once, like all those self-limiting yeah. beliefs are like, oh, wow. Yeah. I now know that I'm more powerful than I thought I was before. Yeah. And Aubrey, that's a part that I love. And I think that one thing we're always really clear about, because, you know, people see us for what we've done in professional sport. And then they'll say like, oh, what do I have to do with professional? Athletes? I get it. Like there's way more relatedness for me to see somebody four doors down in the office or cubicles down and like, man, what, what have you got going on? Your, your posture, like, and you've got some energy in your step and you look me in the eye when you're talking to me and you're like, I have relatedness to that, not necessarily scoring mm -hmm. 40 points last night in the NBA game. Yeah. But I think when you start to look at the opportunity to engage with people and let them have a quick win, man, that's everything. And I think like that posture piece of things, that's like, you know, our, Bread and butter has always been pillar strength, the complete integration of your shoulder, your torso, and your hips. And that's where it all starts. It's an education, and it's something you get to do all day long. And you can own that, and we can turn those little things on, just like circuit breakers, mm -hmm. and it goes back to the movement quality. I mean, if it's going to happen now in years, and I always said before I die, there's a couple things I want to happen. I want to redefine the youth physical, and I also want to like make a movement out of movement. And not like just going to move, but like the quality of your movement yeah. matters. We're born with like perfect sequencing and all the right stuff. And then we spend the rest of our life screwing it up. Yeah, that was. And this movement <laughs> quality is everything, right? It's spectacular to decrease pain, prevent pain, perform. And now technology is caught up to where you can actually capture it now. What we used to do in research grade that took us 45 minutes to mark you up, we can now do in like three seconds. And the second time we mark you up, there isn't 20% variability. It's like 99.9% .9 variability. And that scientific analytics, like now we can start to gamify and actually quantify movement and movement patterns for all ages. And that's, again, something that we all have common and you can upgrade just like that. Yeah. Yeah. I recall like, you know, in those moments where, you know, I was really tapped into my body and listening to the voice of my body, I would find myself doing these odd aerobics and odd stretches. <laughs> and it was like, my body was just laughing at me. Like, yeah what did you do man exactly like i right. gave you a perfect plan like mm -hmm. everything was working right and you silly monkey you sat in a desk for 12 hours exactly a day right. like what are you trying to do yep. like that's weird you know yep. let's we got to correct that we got to alter how you how you handle this we got to alter the way you move well look at those muscles you built what did you do those for? <laughs> like, what, were you, what was your goal buddy man you, know? you love those internal rotators <laughs> yeah, man yeah, exactly all the stuff you why do you keep throwing things like that way you know? and you it's know, it's good funny. though it's good you know and i think listen it's at the same time like i love to meet people where they're at and if they are moving whether it's dysfunctional whether it's like hey they're moving like yeah. sometimes in this space with so much um egotistical you know blockage and you know people's ego like it's automatically a passing judgment on somebody or this so we're trying to break it down and you know there's a whole part whole thing and listen i'm you know we're in it we do that stuff but celebrate people for what they are doing Give yourself credit for what you are doing. And when we seek to understand with people, we'll say, hey, here's what we learned from you. We love these things that you're doing. And what we want to do is we're going to bolt on a few different things to some of these things you're doing well, and they're going to give you more superpowers. But like, let's not discredit everything. And I think, you know, our challenge in coming from a perspective of this, you know, in, in on a language, total human optimization, like that was our responsibility. At Exos, we're saying you're already the best at what you do. You're coming to us to get even better. Oh, and we only have six hours or six days or six weeks to do it. But what we really looked at was also this, you know, reduction of injury risk mitigation standpoint. 
And we had to grow up between those two things. And it gave us a, it gave us a very critical eye, which is great. But one of the things I want to do is like, hey, listen, let's start the conversations. Congratulations, Aubrey, on all your success. Tell me how you like, what are the things that you do well? Take a little bit of time to understand this person that's living inside that body that's sitting in front of you. Like you're doing things well or you wouldn't be here. Yeah. The same is held true for all the people we support inside the corporations. You're a professional and you probably have family. And like, tell me what, how you're here. You're doing something well. And now let's start to take that as a foundation, seek to understand And now, how do we upgrade that with something that we know will give you like the highest level to achieve? Because I can give you 12 things, but if your confidence around doing those 12 things is 12%, I'm not going to give them to you. If I can get it to where it's raising above 90% that I can achieve that, oh, I can do that. That's where I want to start. And if I use that as a beachhead, then I'm good. Yeah. You're, you're like the epitome of the archetype of a good coach. <clears throat> But the world is full of shitty coaches. Absolutely. Like, like, I remember my basketball coach and a lot of coaches that I've had just driven by fear, driven by constant criticism, constantly breaking you down, constantly telling you what a piece of shit you are. That's the, all that ego baggage. Yeah, that's yeah. their ego baggage. There's yeah. like Sharon, I got lots and of that, baggage. But that's like the, that was the traditional coaching model sure. for a lot. Of, and then you see someone like Pete Carroll who turns that model on its head. Yep. You know, and I tell that story all the time where, you know, I, I think it was uh, a couple years ago they were playing, Seahawks were playing the Green Bay Packers. Yep. And Russell Wilson had a horrible first half, like threw three picks. And every time Pete Carroll was like clapping, patting him on, like, come on, man, you got this. I believe in you. Yep. Like his belief was infectious, that yep. positivity. And then they started to make that comeback. And then that positivity started yeah. to ramp up even more. And it's then, everything. Yeah. And then on the other side, McCarthy started getting down on his team started you know remember there was an onside kick right at the end of the game remember when the that. seahawks had to do it this guy bostick goes up to catch the ball bobbles it and mccarthy's just in his grill like blah, blah, blah. like he had any choice in the matter yep. of whether he exactly bobbled it right. of course he didn't want to yeah. you know but instead of firing up his defense to say all we got is one stop guys we got this yep. is no problem they still got 60 yards to go to win the game we're gonna stop him right here he's busy yelling at his fucking guy mm -hmm. you know and i'm sure and i know he's a great coach and that's whatever sport. but that's you know that decision might have been the difference between his defense knowing that his coach like our coach believes in us and yeah. then their belief in themselves got better and and it's just a weird it's a weird thing where we haven't transitioned to realize that yeah. that kind of positivity that support system playing not from fear but from inspiration yeah. from passion love from it. love from your teammates like that's what's going to get the best result and that's probably you know what i think people need to look past sport and the winning and the losing and the technical and the tactical and look for that and i think that example you gave is probably one of the greatest mm -hmm. and there's i mean i think those are the defining moments in sport but i think it's also our defining moments of self yeah. that you need to manage yourself and you have a coach an internal coach a voice in your head and a lot of times all they're doing is like oh you totally screwed that up oh you <laughs> yeah. totally did that or you versus like you know yeah i made it like leave it like and that's the thing about the difference between sustainable high performance is you realize you're not going to be perfect all the time but through this continuous improvement loop is i need to learn from it got it like it's not okay to just make mistakes all the time russell yeah <laughs> he knows russell that's not russell yeah so like, let me, I don't need to compound that. Let me yeah. get Russell refocused on the move forward. He's going to be fine. Yeah. And I think that's the great thing. And it's not just about sport. It's about how we have our own inner voice, our own inner talk and giving ourselves credit, coach yourself that way. And also surround yourself with people that do that. And what you just hit on was one of my favorite uh, Woodenisms. Coach Wooden, I've had the honor to listen to him uh, speak. And he 
gave a story about willingness versus eagerness. And as a culture, Exos is about a positive culture. If there's one thing that we brought when you walk through our doors or you see that our people or this affinity that people attract now to this culture, it's around positivity. It's not um, fluffy because we're a high performance organization. We have mm-hmm. metrics around everything. So we know whether you're performing or not. It's just, we don't get to just talk about performance. We do perform, right. but that has to be wrapped up in positivity. And when people start to give themselves credit for that positive um, approach to things, hey, listen, failures are greatest learning experience of all time. Learn from it, let's move on and get refocused on what's possible. Yeah. Positivity is a powerful thing, but you know, at the same time, I get filled with a lot of fluff. Right, and there's, there's people there's, like just yeah, motivation. Motivation doesn't do you any good without a winning game plan. Yeah, because you won't take it. You won't take it to heart. You know, like as you said, we're really our the only coach we're really fully going to listen to is that internal coach that we have, and we we do listen to that internal coach. And maybe you know, there's influences from the outside, and that the external coaches can maybe influence our internal coach, show us a different way to do it. But really, like we're going to listen to that voice because we are the only ones who really know. Did we fucking give it all we got? Exactly did we right. prepare correctly? Did yeah. we do everything we possibly could? Or did we allow those negative thought patterns to go? And if you own the process, and like right now is the NFL combine time, right? And you have some great young athletes out on the floor here at it. And at Exos, we have over 140 kids getting ready for the NFL combine. I think 100 and some are actually going to the combine out of two, whatever, 250, 275. Listen, what we want them to understand is like, you need to own the process. From the day that we're having you walk through our doors, there's positivity, but there's process. And when you wake up every morning from that first thought through your head, the gratitude that goes through your head, you viewing how this day is gonna unfold and giving an intent, you having an actionable game plan and you owning every single step along the way, I'm gonna come back and talk to you in six weeks, four days before the combine. And I want you to be able to look yourself in the mirror and know, there's nothing more that I could have done at this point in time in my life to be more prepared, to go out, to relax, get in a good flow state and just let it go. Mm. And if you can't honestly have that conversation over the last six weeks, if I've done all that I can to have success, then you should have a little bit of doubt, but you own that. That's your decision. You better learn from it. But man, when we line them up on owning the process and you're saying, man, could I have fueled any better? Could I have had any more of my on it swamp water before my shooters, <laughs> right? And my krills and my, you know, grass fed way after. Like you go to every raw ingredient of every single action from the very first second to the last second of your day and you set up great sleep and you just know you owned everything about that. That is that confidence turning to courage to you go to the biggest event of their life at this point in time and they perform. Yeah. And I love that, right? Yeah. It's not just the motivation, getting people fired up. Like I've never... I can do it, but if I do that and I don't leave somebody with an actionable plan to sustain that, then that is the absolute worst thing that Mm -hmm. I could do because essentially I've created hope and then I had a hero complex and I just take that egotistical nature and I just take that hope and I just gave it to you and Mm -hmm. I'm taking it back because I have all the answers, but you got to come see me. That stuff drives me nuts. Yeah. It's not what we're here to serve. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the traps that we can all get into is the amount that we'll punish ourselves for a mistake oh. is wildly disproportionate <laughs> to the amount that we'll love ourselves yeah. for actually doing our best. Oh, that's a beautiful you know? point. And, and I think if that's out of line, you're always going to have fear in the system. And fear is going, fear is a retractionary thing. Fear is something that's going to not cause the, the greatest result, right? Like 
it will contract you and, and the absence of fear will allow you to be free and creative and flow and fluid love it. you know and so making sure that you know you don't just beat yourself up but when you do something good you just sit back and go whew yeah good job man you did your best well even if you missed the shot or whatever like you know what like you took the shot you did the best you could yep all right, you missed, but yep. you know, good job, man. I make more than I'm. Yeah, miss. exactly. Like, and I good think that job. goes back to that point about you know the Carol analogy, right? This coach Wooden, when I had the opportunity to listen to him, willingness. You know, people in sport, like, and a lot of people probably listening, they're willing to do what it takes. It's sacrifice. It might be extremely motivated. They may want six pack, lose fifty pounds. Like, they're willing to do what it takes. And Coach Wooden said, "I don't even want you to come to practice until you're eager to do what it takes." To have exactly what you just stated, that excitement and eagerness and belief and joy and fulfillment from the process. Mm. That's what makes things special. And I hope if because that's when you're doing more, it for you. Man, that's like for you, but also even in team environments, yeah. you're doing it for something even greater than yourself. True, and this is true. what we find in elite performers. And it's a really sad thing, or it can be a really beautiful thing. The benefit of sport. And what we see in elite special operations and some of these first responders where there's a greater good here. I'm serving a greater good. I want to perform at my absolute best because I don't want to let Aubrey down. I don't want to let the other person standing next to me down. And we share this vision. We have signed up on this purpose. And I am signing on as an individual to make sure that I fill my role to this greater good of this team and not let my brothers and sisters down. Yeah. Like that is the purpose in life. That is why the community and this honor community that you've built and that we built at Exos, this community and this belief system is allowing someone to power far greater than they ever would do on their own because it's a we versus the me. And that unlocks this truly special magic. thing. The sad part is, and we have people who have, amazing educations, uh, amazing, not just IQs, but EQs, emotional quotients that have been successful in sport. Maybe they weren't the superstar. Maybe they were, maybe they're back up the whole time, 15 year career. Didn't even think they'd ever make it. A lot of different business interests, a lot of different community interests. And the day that they are no longer a professional athlete, or they're no longer a member of that unit of that team, they go into some of the deepest levels of depression even when they're the most prepared. And in the last collective bargaining agreement, um, one of my roles I've served as the performance director for the last 18 plus years for the NFL Players Association. And because we see past, present, and future players, one of these gaps is former players, and we've had the exact same thing happen in the military, is watching a high performer no longer being associated with that team. And, and I think the stat at one time in professional sport was 70% of a professional athletes were suffering from three things, either uh, financial distress or bankruptcy, hard to believe, substance abuse or addiction, and either financial hardship, I'm sorry, um, so we had- uh, Finance. Finance, we had relationship, mm -hmm. so divorce or uh, domestic violence. And those are the types of pieces where you're like, okay, what's wrong with the system? And part of it is reestablishing their purpose, reestablishing, you know, what this process yeah, can get the, back the team to them. provides The team provides that tribal identity. It provides the we. And then you go That's back powerful. into society and it becomes solipsistic. There's family, but then family dynamics are often pretty screwed up and challenging and difficult. And 
you know you don't have a common goal with your family every individual in in a family typically has their own goal i mean in a good husband wife partnership then they'll align and sometimes the kids will be a part of that too but like your greater family isn't all working for the same purpose but on family the team, versus team is like willingness versus eagerness yeah. family you're stuck with yeah, yeah. team everybody has exactly. responsibility and you got to be highly functioning to help support one another i think that's a big missing that's a big missing piece in in our societal structure is like forming those tribes mm-hmm. you know and that's something that i'm really eager to and it's a book that i intend to write a few years down the road and i plan to try and actually blueprint out what it looks like to recreate you know a kind of tribal identity where you're all working towards the same thing sharing the spoils like when the team wins it's yeah. not you who won it's it's we who won you all share the laurels of yeah. that of that victory you all share the spoils of war mm-hmm. evenly yeah. you know and that's the that's the beauty of this you're fighting for the same thing you're sharing the same thing you're you're going through the same rituals these yeah. hardships and and that's a part of what it's like to be alive that's what you know, Sebastian Junger in his book, Tribe, yes. even in the times of most abject difficulty in war, when the bombs were falling on London, yep. you know, and everything, every night the air raid sirens were coming on, like the people in London were actually would reminisce about how happy they were exactly in those horrifying times because yeah. they were all pulled together. It all filled like a team. If you had a sandwich, your brother had half a sandwich, you know, because it just, you were staying alive, you were fighting together. Yeah. Even the common people were like that. And that kind of team environment is where we really thrive. And we got to find the ways to actually recreate that outside of sport. Absolutely. And we can use sport great, but it, sport won't last in a meaningful no. way forever. No. You know, because you know, like the YMCA Basketball League, I've tried. It just doesn't mean <laughs> the same amount as it meant when I had to. I just two... picture, you know, kind of the hairy back, the yeah. sweat, the whole. No, it yeah, doesn't good, work yeah. the same. Yeah. Like when I had two, 3,000 people and I was wearing that Westlake Chaparral's jersey and i had everybody who i walked through the hallway who was going to be watching me and the newspapers and the parents and the and it mattered it fucking mattered and our team mattered yep you know and and that team taking the floor and acting as one yep different than you go out to the ymca i give you all those other ingredients (laughs) you just said but if that team doesn't act as one it's like the greatest no let down right you got this you got this joker over here wants to to take three it hasn't hit the rim aubrey marcus over here and you have mark aubrey over there right (laughs) oh no don't feed him the ball right but you know i think that's the the great part that actually energizes me and i think when we go back to the original question what i'm most proud of i know you are here is the culture at exos um that's what gives me the greatest fulfillment right is is fulfilling our promise to our clients and doing that because if you really kind of look at how we logic chain uh our thing if we're gonna truly put the person in n of one at the start my next question is what do they need to be successful? So what is this optimal methodology around mindset, nutrition, movement, recovery, and all these different environments? These red threads are the same, mm. right? And then after that, well, who do I need to help them be able to do that? And that was by you know our mission statement, provide the finest performance systems, specialists, and platforms, seamlessly integrated to efficiently and ethically enhance our client's performance. So you put the person at the center, you figure out like what, based on what we know today in science and neuroscience and fueling and movement recovery, how those all interact together, how do I remove the friction and give them people to be coaches across those elements? And training to exos again, it's not about these muscles, it's training means building skill sets. 
to create sustainable high performance. You don't think about all day long. That gets you to the flow state. The run on the backside yeah. on that 90% of the non-conscious, it's working for you. It's easy, right? You make your day look easy. And after that, it's like, what does that support team need to run the system? And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, well, they need, you know, we need to get some facilities. We need to make it easy for our clients. We need to make it easy for our practitioners to bring this to life, remove the frictions. And then ultimately, can we make a business out of that? And I should have known that early on, we probably couldn't have made a business out of it, but I'm glad I didn't know what we didn't know. No <laughs> partners, no investors, all the different things, a space that didn't exist, uh, purpose-built, award-winning facility on leased land, like all that kind of stuff. It's like all the stuff you don't do. And man, I'm glad I didn't know what I didn't know because yeah. the affinity of people sharing those values, that work ethic and adding value back to our clients' lives has created something that just absolutely inspires me. But that culture, that community, that the power that comes from we in serving is by far the most fulfilling thing as an organization that we do. Yeah. You mentioned that, you know, wish you didn't know all the things you didn't know. And that's <laughs> a really interesting thing to think about because yeah. part of what allowed those doors to open, you know, you were able to open that facility on university land, yeah. be able to do all these different things is you believed that it oh, could and in. should be done. Yeah. And that belief is fucking infectious. Powerful. You know, and when you when you step in and I don't know, maybe the aid who are you meeting with? The AD, the athletic director or the whatever campus administrator, and you're coming through and you're looking at them and every ounce of your being is telling them, This is going to be fucking awesome. Yes. You just wait and see. Yeah. You know, it's not even so much the words. I'm sure you had a good plan and I'm sure well, even though that plan probably dramatically changed yeah, from what to. it was. What what you came to them with was every cell of your body screaming. Yeah trust me i yeah. got this mm -hmm. and they're gonna you know listen to your words but their 90 percent subconscious is also going to be saying man this dude is really on to something he's Absolutely. he's gonna deliver and so yep. they're that, that'll inform their mind to say oh yes well that proposal looks good i'll push it through the chain yep. but it's that belief that was the real magic spot on that was the iceberg underneath the water that was driving this potentiality yep. and i and think being all in is that like if you're yep. diving off the edge of your dock you shouldn't be thinking about how cold the water going to be because you already made the decision, right? It's <laughs> yeah. like, there's no going back. You don't get to reverse that one. So I think it really is just it. And that is just an unbelievably superhuman superpower to be all in on something you're really passionate about. And that's why I'm always passionate about helping people find what that is, aligning that passion and the purpose with a plan, and then making sure that we like just help them build the skill sets that they need to do that for a long time, because you also have to sustain it. It's not the one meeting it's seeing like every day is game day. You're going to have wins and you're going to have failures throughout the day. It's how we continue to react to them to move the ball forward to the greater good. And if you want to go fast, go alone, right? If you mm -hmm. want to go far, go together. And you need to understand that you can't do it all yourself. If yeah. you truly want to achieve something special, you should always look and surround yourself with people that are better than you are and learn from them. And it's awesome when you start to think about it that I can now walk down the hall don't hold on too tight. Don't have a hero complex that you have to be all things to all people. This is about building a sustainable system and team and engine that continues to like just ignite things. And now it's taken on a life of its own that we work really hard to make sure it stays alive by giving it the right things as an organization. And just, yeah. And I think, listen, to your point, if you were to try to take this great passion of whatever vision that the listener may have, and you were to go talk to the financial investors in Silicon Valley or in New York or Boston, ultimately they're going to believe in a space. They'll have a bet on a space. 
but really every one of them will say they're always taking a bet on the individual yep right yeah and that bet individual on, to create people. an open growth mindset to create the culture to have the relentless determination and all those things that you're going to need to be successful but you better have as you just stated and i love it and i love it and feel it here is an open growth minded organization and approach yeah yeah I, when i started on it i raised money from two different people and i put together a 35 page business plan with all the chat charts and graphs or whatever yeah. and i g gave it to them and they flim skimmed through it just to <laughs> like see if i didn't have that. sunday comment they didn't read that. They, just make sure it wasn't like fucking yeah. garfield in there or something and then they looked at me and they're like you know are you all in on this like are you gonna go for it and i was like hell yeah i am like this is this is what i'm here to do and then they just threw the threw the report back yeah. to me and was like, "All right, I'm in," yeah. and and that's how that's how it started because they understood that it is a bet on people ultimately. Because even the best plan, if the person behind that plan is shaky, they will sabotage it. They For will sure. self destruct every time. that plan a hundred times out of a hundred, no they, matter how all, good it is. And we know that plan. Just like uh, you know, you go back to sport. That plan's only going to work for so long. You need to see what's working out of the plan. And then stop doing the stuff that isn't working in the plan, but have the strategy. And you know, as I surround in this unbelievably cool office and right, the the approach that you come from, you know, strategy is the art of saying no, just like with mm. people. Stop having the negative self-talk, stop looking around all this other stuff and start to narrow down your focus on, oh, that's the direction I want to go. And that's the focus that I have. And I start to see these wonderful things that are actually within focus that I wasn't paying attention to earlier because I was too distracted by the negative self-talk or the rest. And man, that's just, I love seeing people catch on to that. It inspires me every time. Yeah. I want to go back to something that, that you mentioned earlier, and that was about not needing to always take credit for the result oh, that you're never. going for, right? And I think that's something we can get caught in because if you're just trying to do something so you can get the credit, then it's not really a pure mission. Like your mission, no. your it should That's be, the ego. what is the, yeah, what is the effect you want to have and, and what can you contribute? But whether that's indirect and you never get credit for it or you get credit for it, it that shouldn't matter. It should be what creates the maximal effect. Like what accomplishes the mission, you know? And, and I think there's a, a line from Cyrano de Bergerac, my favorite play, where he talks about how his love for Roxanne was so pure that he only cared that she laughed, whether mm -hmm. she never knew that it was him that was causing her to laugh. You know, the laughter born of his sacrifice, just that she was laughing was enough. It's true love. You know, that's real love. And, and if you love your mission, if you love the people, yep. then you don't need the credit for it. And so having other people come in and help you, actually giving them some extra credit, yep. you know, pushing them. And that's something I see you do all the time. Yep. You're always giving 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 yeah. and guess what i love the that. more you give the more it comes back anyways Amen, right? I'm glad it, I'm, it's great that it does and i think if yeah, yeah if i'm anything i'm uh, uh i look at it as is just that if you talk to mom and dad from that early time i love to give if you look at me in sport i won probably every coach's award to a fault though right because that greatest strength could be your greatest weakness uh, at the same time right like a uh, loyalty to um you know a person that doesn't necessarily you know, isn't putting in that same effort, you can hold on too long. And I think when you start to really look at that element of just giving, like that's my whole fulfillment. And in our organization, in our culture, and even how we go through our um, people operations and look at our approach to human capital, like we want to attract people that are have genuine fulfillment by helping others achieve their goal. Because it goes back to that early premise that, you know, Amy talked about it being egotistical.
I grew up in a field where people would pound their chest and take credit for that player going through that tunnel. If they had success, they were taking credit for that. And that just always was something that was so <laughs> opposite of my DNA. I was always about, we're here to, to serve, to support. And I love to sit behind the scenes and our team does as well and just help people do what they want to do better. Like just absolutely love it, fulfillment. When we were down in Brazil, I was uh, there for the World Cup finals. German national team was a client of ours a long time. I didn't realize like when you're in that process with these types of players and you look at and you truly understand the person living inside the body who is this player that people buy their jerseys. When they have these monumental components of, wow, my legacy is going to have a World Cup championship to it. It isn't about them pounding their chest. It's almost this relief of part of the joy that they're bringing these people. This, you know, like they're representing and they put that jersey on to represent the people mm. and what that does to them and the fulfillment. It's just like those are the things that are like three or four layers deep. It's not about the trophy. It's not about that. It's about like we did it together as a community for a greater good. Mm -hmm. And that just becomes really special. And those are usually only the teams that can go win it because the ones that are about the me's and the eyes and they don't necessarily play together, tons of talent. But it takes way more than talent to achieve. Yeah, it's like the the Saints Super Bowl run after Katrina. Oh, you know, which is one of like the beautiful moments in sports, right? Where like really you could feel the New Orleans Saints like doing this for the community and the community looking to them for like hope and yeah, some absolutely. ray of sunlight in a bleak kind of watery gray world that they'd been thrust into. Yeah. And uh, it was really beautiful to see that. And it seemed like it seemed like the universe conspired in a certain way but with it's always their been there right like that's yeah. the thing but that ego and the egotistical nature in me like serving me blinds you to what's been around you the whole time and that's why i said i love it when people if hopefully they can in their lifetime make the switch to be about we and to serve and to like take efforts in a greater good and elevate others when you see that happen for the first time in them, like what that actually means, it is the most contagious, contagious thing. To me in life, like that's what it's always been about for me. I get inspired by the people that have that and, and share that gift and give it to others. And our vehicle, right, that we both share a passion for uh, is a great way to transfer that. Some people do it through creating a beautiful park, right, through architecture, through food, through all these different things. But we get it created in a way that directly engages with people, finding the person inside of them, helping them bring it to the forefront, then just helping them have a game plan and helping them build skill sets that power them on their way. And then you just get out of the way mm. and they just keep doing good. And they're gonna fall off the horse, sure. But it's like, yeah, we've been there. Let's get up, let's go. And knock <laughs> yeah. down every day. Yeah, exactly. And share and share those, share For those sure. things. You know, I mean, For that's sure. the that's the stuff we're all we both work with the top athletes in the world and people you can kind of idolize these people and put them on a pedestal and make them non-human but they all they're all going through the same shit you and i are absolutely you know, they people. have fights with their girlfriend and wife they yeah. have nights where they don't sleep they have times where they're super stressed they have times where they're bummed out you know and it's and you can't say oh yeah i wish i had those problems like you don't know what struggles what pressures what you can never put yourself Nope. in that situation and imagine what it's like unless you actually know that person yep. and try to see out of their eyes and we all we're all in the same boat you know Agreed. it's just different different opportunities different scales different skill sets different different pressures yep. different things and but fundamentally we're just 
They're just people trying to figure it out. And, and that goes back to the earlier thing. I want people to understand um, that professional athletes world is no harder or no easier, right? And nor is it like when we really look at it, no one should put, oh, my world's harder than your world right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, you know, like, because it, it is always in context and relatedness to that individual. And it doesn't matter what you think or I think, it's the, the reality of their situation and how they feel about it at this time is the truth. There's no need to have a leaderboard on that. Nope. That is them. And yep. that is their truth. And our job is to seek to understand their truth. And then how do we start to help them get the skill set to, to improve the truth that they're on and how they're perceiving things and off we go. But I think that's where we get all these comparisons, especially in today in metrics or pro sports or the... No, listen, there's people living inside the body. Take all the other stuff away. I have professionals that are either traveling for business and doing everything that they can. And I've got professionals that are traveling for business. And that means that they're on 162 major league baseball games, but they're both road warriors. They both have, you know, interrupted sleep. They don't both have, like, they both have to work the same strategies. They both have to show up and hit, you know, win more than they uh, lose, or they aren't going to have a job. And they, they, you know, they both have goals and objectives. Like these are exactly the same. And just because this person, more people know about it because they follow sport. I've never even, and I hate to say this, I'm not even that big a sport fan, right? Don't just because they're inside the gladiator stadium, don't think that's more important. And you know what? There might only be 1% of this population that actually care about sport. And the challenge going back to the thing about the name on the back of the Jersey and the 60,000 screaming fans is they really don't care about you. And all you have to do is like, it's one step removed if you take the name off the back of the jersey, but there's gonna be a time where you are walking through the supermarket and you think you're important. Nobody else even knows who you are in that supermarket. So you need to start getting that out of your head pretty quick and understanding that if you're there and you can make somebody else in the store like, hey, I like your this today, or oh, I like that product, that on it product too. And right, like, you know, just getting out of your own way, then you start to have a better relatedness. Those that don't understand that journey are the ones that fall off the cliff the most. I think most of us are not actually sports fans. We're people fans. Amen. And you know, and we just like me. we just like watching people when they're when they have to dig deep yeah. and when they find something awesome in those emotional moments. Like those are the parts of sports that we really love. And it doesn't matter really the scale. When you know somebody, it can be you can be watching high school sports and see someone really Even more rich so. or younger. Or, you know, I remember some of the greatest sports moments in my life. Right. So I was friends with T.J. Dillashaw. He's like a eight to one underdog against Henan Burrell. And he just came out and he performed at like the hundredth percentile yeah. what he was capable. Cody Garbrandt did that to Dominic Cruz, you know, another one of my friends that I was able to watch. And I'm just just literally tears pouring because out of, of that, my face. Right? Because they reached for something else. Absolutely. But guess what? When Whitney was fighting her first amateur boxing match that didn't even have a ref, you know, but I knew and I'd watched her training and I saw her perform to that same hun- absolute hundredth, maybe 105th percentile, like the best she's ever performed in that. It was just as exciting and right? just as more rad. So, more because, so. And it didn't matter the scales. Yeah. Like that human being really reached and found something special. And we see that in the gym. It's not just Tim Kennedy. When Tim Kennedy crushes a workout, I'm like, yeah, cool. Tim Kennedy crushed a workout. But when Gordon, who's, you know, like 380 pounds, when he touches the ground for the first time on his, you know, bending over and his hamstrings are flexible enough, like, that is a win that's almost more inspiring to the say, rest of us than Tim crushing a, a you know crazy Love 300 it. workout yep and that's what i want the you know people to truly understand is like there's world-class performances happening in your own life every day 
you know, you taking the mm -hmm. time if somebody slips and falls or if they drop something or to just do something, random act of kindness for others, like that's an unbelievable catch. Like you just score, <laughs> like look for him. You yeah, know? when that thing falls off the table yeah, and you grab you it. You grab huh? it, right? You yeah, know what I'm like, saying? Yeah. So you know, just elevating others. Find a way. Like I don't think people sh do it enough or give themselves enough credit for these. Like just your effect on those around you. If you have a positive effect on those around you, like that is your A game. You are playing at this absolutely top level, right? And if you go nail your presentation or, you know, you're hitting your metrics at work or, you know, showing up at home when you pull in the garage and just leaving the day behind, focusing on what you're about to step into and who do you, who do you want to bring forward? What do you want them to see walking through that door? And for us guys, you know, it's like, keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything. Just walk in, give her a kiss on the cheek, <laughs> give him a kiss on the cheek, whatever it's going to be. And then like the chance of the rest of your day, you know, evening goes well is pretty high. You bring work home, you bring the ego, you bring all that baggage home. Listen, I have a pretty deep philosophy. If I don't share baggage with people. If people can't help me work through that, if they can't help move that forward, I don't want to come home and throw my trash on them where they can't do anything about it. I want to make sure like that they don't deserve that. But, you know, I think those are the types of things where like, come home, be this, like, who do you want to be? But have these little intention filled moments, be exactly. a second, a minute. And man, it's like life changing. Yeah. That's a beautiful ethos, you know, figure out, can they really help you? Or are you just dragging them into your cave with, with yeah. them by throwing your emotional shit on top? That's your you ego. That's, that's your ego right there. Right. It's like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to, show you how bad a day i had because my day was worse than your day and you should feel for me and yeah like i'm not like when it comes to things that jump out at me like uh definitely not into entitlement because i love performers you know and i definitely um not into victims and people get victimized all the time but it's how they react to that um and i think a lot of people like you are you know stating last night there's yeah if you look all day long for all these things that are going wrong they're going to go wrong if you're looking for the things that you want to go right, that's toward your vision, your purpose, you're going to latch onto those and they're going to aggregate more than, than the bad stuff. What you can't control is how you affect those around you. Like that is a choice, Spot that on. mental state that you're able to bring towards everybody else and how, you, and also how you feel about yourself. Like we control, we control so much of that and we have to be careful of these self defeating short circuiting yeah. things. And I, I've even caught myself doing do. something too like let's say i perform something excellently and i give a great speech but maybe the speech was only to like i gave a, a probably one of the best speeches of my life but it was to you know about 60 to 80 people and i was like well fuck you know it's not like i did a ted talk or something like yeah. that and so i like i had this like self-defeating <laughs> thing like well you know i didn't do it on a big stage or anything there's yeah. only 80 people you know what does that matter and so i like just short-circuited like just feeling no man that was 80 people all you could do is speak to those 80 people yeah. and you really nailed it man good job instead i was like well good job man you only spoke to 80 people today you exactly. know? I was like, especially I you were such a big voice yeah but, like you know? why 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 does that even come in but i think we do that like we'll perform something great it's like well it's not like i'm in the nba or something it's like not like i made played for the golden state warriors when i did that <laughs> what, whatever you could why? only do, it's only yeah, yeah. yeah. why Listen, why do we do that i don't know <laughs> you know it's that other little voice in there that you just need to get rid of yeah and if you view it in more of a flow state that your goal for the day is with each interaction that you have that you're present you're focused and you're probably positive around that that's all i can do it might be one might be 10 might be in your case you know 
<laughs> millions that are listening, but the that's, scale doesn't fucking doesn't matter. matter. Doesn't fucking matter. It is you genuinely being you at every opportunity that you have to do that. And it's not you. Like I also, the thing I don't like, cause it goes back to this coaching thing, like the coach to your example earlier, doing the coach on others, right? Like mm. negative and this and all like this top down type of thing. Man, I want to go side by side. I want to find a way to like be inside and like just power and lift and right. That's the whole difference between like what we're trying to do. And in order to do that, you better really know yourself and you better continue to take care of yourself and have the energy and the passion that you need to be you because every one of those interactions have to be genuine and fulfilled. If you're a, you know, and you will, right? Like we all do it, like travel so much and you're not sleeping, not because you didn't want to, but because like that was a schedule. It's a 32 hour day, international travel. You got six before the next and, but you got strategies for it. You're going to show up and you're going to bring it and be yep. as genuine as you can, but you have to take care of yourself or you can't sustain, you can't achieve anything great. Amen to that. It's fun. We did it. We podcasted. Done. Done. <laughs> Great to hang with you, brother. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Hey, absolutely. listen, and thanks for uh, bringing me into your community. And I think what I'm most passionate about this partnership, you know, a lot of times people view Exos and the precision and the science and the performance. And I know the power of culture, of community, of values, the petri dish in which all that stuff radiates from. And when I first met you and I first walked through the doors and I met the team, I experienced the product, the approach. I felt right at home, mm -hmm. but it was also right at home because everyone here was equally as welcoming. And I think between the two of us, the raw ingredients and how we've come toward helping others in our ways is gonna bring a lot of hope for everybody listening and in the community, because I know we'll both continue to share it. And I hope others get on board, whether they're our competitors, not our competitors. I don't view life that way. Right. There's plenty of people to help out there. And I just really believe in the power of our partnership that will continue to elevate and upgrade lives. No doubt. That's what we're here to do. Cool. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right. Aubrey. Take care, everybody. Aubrey's powerful. <laughs> Aubrey squared. Thanks, everybody, for listening, tuning in. It's been exciting to get to meet some of you guys on my book tour. We started that in Austin for Own the Day. We'll be traveling around the country and releasing dates for both LA and New York as well. And I look forward to meeting more of you along the path. And I appreciate you for following me. I appreciate your heart. And I appreciate you for spreading the message of positivity. The world needs it now more than ever. And you're needed. You're loved. You're appreciated. I'll see you next time.